This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and social media are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. to nothing Nothing happens happens in a small small town town. so like we said in our last episode um this is another unsolved Mm -hmm. but it's also at least someone tied somewhat tied to the local area and i'm going to start and continuously shout out to sister grace oh my goodness so today's is going to be about joy hayward who's originally from maryland but she was uh she died in pennsylvania um I did find a lot of this, the information that we're going to talk about online, but her sister, again, I reached out to her through Facebook. I got, she sent me tons of articles that had similar information, plus Mm -hmm. tons of personal pieces about joy and tons of personal, um, and also people who'd be closer to the investigation that wouldn't necessarily be out in, um, the public already so hats off to you uh grace sisters trying to keep their cases open yeah all the power you rock uh anyhow i know i went usually we chit chat like Mm -hmm. i think last episode we chatted for probably about 10 minutes yeah i'm just like straight in because we have tons of information here yeah so joy was born and raised in annapolis maryland which is definitively not a small town um she attended salisbury university which is on the eastern shore of maryland that is a pretty small town um and graduated with a degree in psychology she was a nanny while she was in college that helped make ends meet Um, She also volunteered at the Humane Society, and I remember reading somewhere that she was even a cheerleader in high school. She was just a a smiling, effervescent, very nice, caring person. Mm -hmm. Um, She stayed in Salisbury two years after graduation when her father fell ill. He had cancer. She quit working to be his caretaker. Her father passing away at 54 really shook her up. Um, she, I read that she had actually returned back to Salisbury for a little bit, and then she ended up moving to Jacksonville, North Carolina in 2003 to live with her boyfriend, Mike. Um, I read some conflicting reports, but basically what I put together is he was a Marine and was stationed at Camp Lejeune, which I'm sure plenty of you people have heard the (laughs) discussions about bad water in Camp Lejeune of late. You can barely turn on the TV, especially if you watch like Oxygen and the other channels Mm -hmm. like we do. It's like, did you live or work in Camp Lejeune between these times and these times? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But it's also reported that at the time of her killing, he worked for Boeing, which is pretty typical. You go in the military for a couple of years, you go become a contractor as you right. get out. Um, that would be what I did. Right. Military contractor, then government employee. Um, she appeared to be unemployed at the time, but had applied to get her teaching certificate. 
and her mother had been an art teacher. Um, I had read one place that she was actually enrolling to do the teacher bit while she was in Salisbury, but it, it doesn't matter. Essentially, she had decided she wanted to go into teaching because it was what her mother had done. Um, and psychology as your bachelor's degree, I think you'd do pretty well as, as a yeah. teacher. So as of February 2004, her boyfriend Mike was staying in Ridley Park, Pennsylvania for a temporary work assignment. Joy was staying with her mother in Annapolis. She decided to take a drive to visit Mike. It's 100 miles, give or take, from Annapolis to Ridley Park. She made the drive by herself on February 11th. I can only imagine it would be a very Uh, cold. Cold, (laughs) potentially icy at points. Boring (laughs) drive. Um, Though, I mean, Pennsylvania brings its own struggles because of you have to go somewhere to get around those Mm -hmm. mountains. So it's not exactly the most fun drive. Um, When she arrived at Mike's, the couple had a few drinks. They then had an argument, which prompted Joy to leave. When she left, she took both her and Mike's cell phones. Um, One person opined it was maybe she grabbed her cell phone and grabbed his so that he wouldn't call her. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Um, She drove to a nearby hotel, the Days Inn at Chester, Pennsylvania. She checked into the hotel around 1.30 a.m., but did not immediately go up to her room on the sixth floor. She left for about an hour and a half, according to the desk clerk. They exchanged a few words before she went upstairs around 3 a.m. The desk clerk also recalled a man walking behind her who rode the elevator at the same time. She got to her room. She called the front desk requesting assistance, did not say what she needed the assistance for. The desk clerk told her, that they were unable to leave the front desk. This would be the last time that Joy spoke to somebody. Mm. She was murdered in her hotel room. Wow. So she was murdered on February 12th, 2004, in Days Inn Hotel, Chester, Pennsylvania. Last seen in the lobby at 3 a.m., her body was discovered by a cleaning woman the following evening. You kind of wonder what would have happened if that attendant had... Gone up there? Yeah. There's so many things. There's so many what ifs with this one. What if she didn't go visit her boyfriend? What if they hadn't had a fight? Mm -hmm. Um, There was some purported volatility between them. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, she obviously cared for him. Right. So Chester is a city in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, within the Philadelphia metropolitan area. It is the only city in Delaware County and had a population of 32,605 as of the 2020 census. City. Yes. Air quotes. Um, So this place definitely has an interesting past. And I didn't put everything in that I found because it would have just taken way too long. Right. Um, So I'm just going to touch on a few things. That happens a lot on the eastern seaboard especially. Yeah. Incorporated in 1682, Chester is the oldest city in Pennsylvania, is located on the western bank of the Delaware River between cities Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware. It was the location of William Penn's first arrival in the Providence of Pennsylvania and the county seat for Chester County from 1682 to 1788 and Delaware County from 1789 to 1851. Chester evolved over the centuries from a small town with wooden shipbuilding and textile factories into an industrial powerhouse, producing steel ships for two world wars and a myriad of consumer goods. Since the 21st, 
the 20th century, it has lost its manufacturing base and over half of the residents and devolved into a post-industrial city struggling with pollution, poverty, and crime. Yeah. Um, The Indian tribe that owned the land where Chester now stands were the Okehawkings, removed by order of William Penn in 1702, to other lands in Chester County, as you, as many <sighs> times we've talked, the yes. Native Americans were pushed off their land. Yep, um, and you know, growing up, we didn't hear this I when know. I was a kid. And I'm just, uh, it's on my list of things that I definitely am happy to point out as yeah. often as possible. I agree. Uh, the Indian name of Chester was uh, Mekinope. <laughs> Mekapanaka is what I'll go with. That sounds about right. Which means the stream along which large potatoes grow. Okie dokie. It's the, the potato town. We're is. from the prairie chickens. They're from the potatoes. <laughs> the first European settlers in the area were members of the New Sweden colony. Aha. The settlement that became Chester was first called Finlandia. Uh, the Latin name for Finland. Because Sweden is not Finland. That sounds about right. Yep. And then Upland after the Swedish province province of of Upland. Upland. That's where my family is from. The new Sweden settlers built Fort Mekapanaka in 1641 to defend the settlement. In 1644, the present site of Chester was a tobacco plantation operated by the New Sweden colonists. By 1682, Upland was the most populous town of New Province of Pennsylvania. On October 27th, the ship Welcome arrived bearing William Penn on his first visit to the province. How welcome do you think he was? I don't think he was very welcome, really. (laughs) It's so funny because I grew up thinking of him as this great person and now yeah, i'm like wow no, it was terrible really wasn't yeah uh, was renamed uh, renamed the settlement after the english city of chester chester was known as a freewheeling destination for vices such as drugs alcohol uh numbers rackets gambling and prostitution awesome. chester was widely known as greater philadelphia's saloon town by 1914, Chester had more saloons than police officers, approximately one saloon every 987 residents. Why do they say approximately? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they knew exactly what they meant. Right. <laughs> um, and then I kind of skipped a bunch of stuff because, again, it was very long and it yeah. does have a very interesting history. But Sounds like their history is quite sordid. According to a report in 2020 by Neighborhood Scout, Chester ranked 20th on a list of the top 100 most dangerous cities in the U.S. Neighborhood Scout says one's chance of becoming a victim, either violent violent or property crime in Chester, is 1 in 21. And that within Pennsylvania, more than 99% of the communities have lower crime rate than in Chester. Wow, she really picked the wrong place to go stay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it it used to be a very nice town, it sounds like. Yeah. And And now it's not. In some of my chatting back and forth with Grace, um, she'd said her sister might have thought it would be somewhat safe because it was a college town. But it is not a good area at all. It is not safe. 
Um, and actually, that's I have the whole discussion with that gentleman who saw her in Atlantic City the week before. She mentioned something about that area being rough. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So, like I said, one of the cleaning people found Joy's remains the following day around 4.30 p.m. Um, basically, she knew as soon as she opened the door, she called down for help because it did. she could smell something right away. Mm. Um, uh, investigators believe she had been dead for at least 12 hours. The beds in the room were made. Joy's clothing was folded and left on one of the beds. Investigators also found an ice bucket in the room filled with water that had Newport and Marlboro Light cigarette butts floating in it. Neither phone was recovered, and there were two glass tumblers that were out. Mm. So there was no forced entry. If you add that to the pair of the glass tumblers, the two different brands of cigarettes, it is presumed she either knew or did not feel threatened by her attacker. But I add the presumption of she called down Maybe she right. was, and then she couldn't talk about why she needed help. Yeah. Because she got caught calling down. <sighs> That's where my mind went with yes. that. Um, DNA was taken mm. from the cigarettes, tumblers, and a few areas on her body. So there's DNA, people. Why is this unsolved? Yeah. Um, she last used her debit card to purchase something at a gas station, and before that, at 1.36 a.m., the Days Inn, uh, 1300 Providence Avenue, no bar or ATM withdrawals. Um, before that, she had gone to a Target in Brookhaven and spent $48.73. Mm. She was found in the bathtub. A washcloth had been placed in the drain, and there was about six inches of water in the tub. Investigators could tell that she had been beaten, but could not conclusively determine if she had been sexually assaulted. The water kind of would get rid of that. The cause of death has been determined to be asphyxiation. So, like I said, they were able to gather DNA. The genetic profile came back as belonging to a black male. Police felt this was a strong lead, as the desk clerk had described the man who got in the elevator behind Joy was black. Although um, the DNA dis- did dis- uh, suggest a black man, they also talked to Mike, her uh, then fiance. He spoke with investigators, gave his DNA, was ruled out as a suspect. Um, the police thought this would be a quick ca- case to solve. It's been reported that there was seemingly a code of silence in Chester. It's belief that people knew who perpetrated the crime but refused to talk to police um so basically the dna didn't receive any hits in the national database originally however on june 22nd in 2004 a woman was waiting for a bus a few blocks away from that same days in a man on a bike circled around the block a few times before he approached and told her he had a gun he forced her to a nearby wooded area and raped her The man attempted to strangle the woman, but fled when he heard people nearby. The victim described her attacker to be a black male between 5'5 and 5'8, had several gold teeth in his mouth, a light mustache, and facial hair, who could be approximately 30 years old. Investigators were able to collect DNA from the victim, and it matched the suspect who had murdered Joy. Okay. Again. So. They talked to people, and they shut down. Hmm. So, how this doesn't have probative value for somebody to investigate further, who's outside of the town, is beyond me. 
Yeah, why isn't he why isn't charged? <laughs> What's going I mean, on you here? You have DNA. That should be. And you have it. You and have two. Did the did they have cameras? Did they get no, now that I could see? Mm. The, but then I don't know. Um, I don't think the days in had a working camera. Surprise. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Well, we'll <laughs> my we'll surprise. Get to, we'll get to hotels and murder. And so I know, I know I'm coming in late to say this part, but I totally learned about Joy in a chance encounter with a gentleman who had been in her, in her class. I am sorry to say I don't remember his name. It was um, Work Car Geeks. Sean went to one of the, I think he probably went to Cars and Coffee or one of the other mm-hmm. weekend get-togethers with our little uh, sports car. And the guy he ran into was in an antique motorcycle. I think they came by our house so that Sean could give him a ride. And then he needed to use the bathroom. And then we were talking. He's like, oh, yeah, my wife has a podcast. He goes, oh, you should look into Joy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So thank you person who i cannot remember your name <laughs> we do i know i texted yeah. yeah i know i texted it to you but going yeah. that far back in text i don't know if i'll be able to find it yeah. um but uh i'm very happy that i ran into him because searching i came across the facebook page that her sister has rel- relatively quickly i sent a, a chat and well i didn't send a chat until probably in the last month or so because we already had so many cases that we had planned. Right. So as we were getting closer to running this episode, I started reaching out and I, uh, Grace has been amazing. She has provided me all sorts of additional information. She's been a very active advocate for pushing for closure in her, in her um, sister's case. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we'll put a link to her Facebook page. Yes. It's called Who Killed Joy Hayward in Chester, PA, 2-12-2004. She has recently put out a change.org petition for the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, to turn the DNA from DNA, 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 Imagine why I came up with that instead. I run a program <laughs> that has those initials from Joy Hayward's case to the Parabon Labs in Virginia. And we will also push that out. Um, We've both signed. Please sign. Yes, please. please. Um, she has reached out to various police, politicians, different crime shows. Back when Barbara Mikulski was in the office, she didn't respond. Um, the most recent crime show that I saw linked on the Facebook page was Crime Junkie. They turned them down because there was not enough information for a full show. Mm-hmm. And I know our last one was really short. Yeah. This one, we're talking a lot more. Right. There's a lot more information here. I don't yeah. understand why this isn't getting any traction. I Yeah, I, I agree. I think... I think she has a lot of information yeah. and I, this has more information than our last case. And By a lot. I mean, we look, we don't care. You send it to <laughs> us. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> if it's interesting, intriguing, and, and it has, well, I mean, we care about the okay. victims. So there is, there is one case that I did not do. And the, the only reason I didn't do it is because it was ruled a suicide and it just, there, there wasn't enough, there just wasn't enough to go on. It wouldn't have even given us anything to talk right, about. Right, because there, there wasn't a lot to honestly, read. Honestly, the only suggestion that I have not done or yeah. added to our list. Added and, to our list, at least. And maybe know. someday you would. Right. I mean, if we can get more information, sure. 
Yeah, there's just, um, she's got um, personal accounts of family members and friends who have reached out. Uh, There was this gentleman who she met, uh, who Joy met in Atlantic City prior to returning to PA one of the times. Um, They met a guy named David De Palma in Atlantic City the Saturday before on the 6th of February. They stayed at the Taj Mahal Hotel. In the afternoon, they were just wasting time walking around the hotel. So, um, that's right. You so, put in a break. Yeah, I put in a little My break. Fault. That was probably not the right place. Right. But we can talk about him in a minute. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a minute. But we're going to talk about the Chester PA Hotels for a second. Can you tell so, we're a little animated? We get, This one yeah. has us yeah. pretty psyched out. I agree. And even just, just the city has me going, this is kind of a weird little city, you and know? I am just so thrilled with Grace. Thank you, yeah. Grace. So there were more uh, Chester PA hotel murders. Shocker. Um, Tuesday, July 27th, 2020, they found Charles Bryant, 36 years old, dead inside the lobby of the Candlewood Suites. I am not going into details because we are talking about Joy's case. I'm just pointing out that there are more murders in this town. <laughs> um, there is a suspect, Nasir Frisbee, and he is, uh, has been charged with shooting Charles. And then December 7th, 2015, a Pennsylvania man uh, was charged with shooting and killing a 23-year-old man in Brandywine 100 Hotel. Vincent Clark, 25, of Marcus Hook, Pennsylvania, was identified as a suspect and arrested Saturday by members of the Marcus Hook Police Department and the Delaware County Prosecutor's Office in Pennsylvania. Um, he was charged with the first-degree murder of 23-year-old Jemai White of Philadelphia. So, two of these hotels, I'm just going to read you their descriptions, because there's been murders there, and this is what they say on their websites. The Days Inn, where Joy was murdered. Our Days Inn, Springfield, Philadelphia International Airport Hotel, offers exceptional style and unbeatable value, just 15 minutes, 15 miles from Philadelphia. Close to I-95, I-76, I-476, and Wells Fargo Center, we are just five miles from Philadelphia International Airport featuring free shuttle service to and from the airport, and we are just minutes from Capital Area Attractions. I hope that they've got more night watchmen. Yeah. And then Candlewood Suites, where the guy was the other one. in the lobby, located in the historic Chester Peasant. Pennsylvania, the oldest city in Pennsylvania. The Candlewood Suites Chester Airport Area Hotel provides a convenient location just 10 minutes away from the Philadelphia International Airport. We are only five minutes away from Talon Energy Stadium and Widener University and two minutes away from Harris Casino with free shuttle service provided by the hotel. We are an all-suites property, offering full kitchens with full-size refrigerators, dishwasher, two-burner stovetop, and microwave, and dishes in all of our suites. Neither of these makes me want to stay in either of them, knowing what we know. Yeah, I don't think I really want to know what happens at any hotel now. Mm, Well, Mm. we're going to kind of talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) Ugh, so... 
back to Dave DePalma, um, or David, my apologies. Um, he said he met Joey Hayward on February 10th. Um, I think this should be February 6th is what they said here. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Joy and her boyfriend were just wasting time walking around their hotel, the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, thinking they were just sitting through some sort of vacationing getaway seminar that would take about 30 minutes. Once they figured it was a timeshare presentation, he got all bent out of shape and left the room. I know, timeshare presentations are no fun. When I told her we needed both people to sit through it, she said, that's okay, he'll get over it. Let's see what you've got. I'm the one with the money anyway. We laughed, me thinking she was playing me. My presentations averaged 45 minutes to an hour. We sat and talked close to three and a half hours. Quite unique situation. The, I think why we clicked while talking, it was realized that we both lost a parent to cancer. She talked about her sisters and how her younger sister had just gotten married. That would be Grace. <laughs> that That's not what it's supposed to be like. Uh, she got married before her older sister. She was being half serious, I think. It's not like she was mad or anything. Uh, long story short, after I told her that we weren't limited to just Atlantic City you could and you could travel all over, she got excited, telling me she wanted to buy one for a few reasons. One reason was so her and her sisters and their families could go on vacations together. The real reason she wanted to buy one is she told me her boyfriend worked for Boeing and they had to travel up to Chester, Pennsylvania for his job, and she was a little skittish staying at a hotel in a bad neighborhood. Not only, not that, bleh, that not only would she feel safer, but she would have something to do during her downtime. Her only problem was she didn't bring her checkbook and fear they would tap into it at the casino. But yeah, I thought it was interesting that she brought up that she thought it was kind of Yeah. So he had heard about this later, um, and for whatever reason, he called the police thinking there was something he could do. A few months later, after he called the police, they got a call. Ba- he got a call back from Detective Parker, who set up a meeting. We basically go over everything I can remember about that we talked about, and he hadn't personally heard anything back since. Hmm. So um, I guess my little story about Joy today to give her loved ones a sense of what she was up to before your personal tragedy took place. More important for me, it's to show you what kind of impression your sister left on me. A perfect stranger. In my mind, for me to remember almost that entire three and a half hours to say she touched me is a total understatement. And that's sweet. Yeah. Um, There was a family member who wrote down the first time they spoke to Mike on February 12th. Um, She said, how are you? He said, not well. Have you heard from Joy? Please tell me. When did you see her last? Wednesday night. It would have been the 11th. 11.45 p.m. to midnight. Joy took both cell phones. I called her cell phone. You should be worried. Worried? Why? Where are you? I'm in Brookhaven, PA. I'm fucking freaking out. It's like, uh, you must have been the last person to see her. He said, don't say that. Call her sisters. Mm. So there's, um, Mike has been, you know, ruled out because his DNA didn't match, but... Um, definitely didn't have the best communication with her and her sisters. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, relationships are tough, let's face it. And, I mean, it seems like he did care. Right. I mean, the fact that he said, you know, when they said... He said he was freaking out. Yeah, and the fact that they said, you know, you must have been the last person to see her. He's like, don't say that. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Parabon, I wrote a lot. I kept it in here. Um, we don't have to read through all of it, but there was, 
um, what Grace has been trying to get done is for her uh, sister's DNA to be sent down to this uh, laboratory. The Pennsylvania State Police used it to assist them with the killing of a nine-year-old girl. The case happened in 1964. A young girl, Maurice Chivarella, went to school like any other day. Um, but they, uh, police were able to tie James Forte to her killing in 2019. So wow. that's a pretty long period of time. They were able to exhume the body, match DNA found on her jacket. Um, they were also instrumental in solving a 25-year-old murder case of Christy Merak, a Lancaster, Pennsylvania woman who was brutally raped and murdered in her apartment in 1992. Mm. There's another one in 1975. So this it's not wholly un, you know, without uh, precedent for right. Pennsylvania to send DNA down to this laboratory. Um, so, I mean, Grace is just trying to push all these different ways to try to get closure on her sister's homicide. Um, she tried, she said she would also would contact the cemetery to see what they would be able to provide as, as far as ground temperatures, because that might have an, a, a situation with regard to put, exhuming her and bringing back DNA. Um, she also connected with a person named Michelle at DNA Detectives. So there's just, there's a lot that Grace has done to try to, mm -hmm. um, get her information out there and get this case solved. And she just keeps running up against people that don't want to talk about her story, don't want to go ahead and do these extra steps. I know they cost money, but at some point in time... I mean, this person was still on the streets as of 2004 and raping people. Right. And trying to kill them. Jeez. Who knows what else he's yeah. done. Yeah. I mean, how many other unsolved murders are there that could be linked to this guy? Yeah. Wow. Oof. So, uh, yeah. we've been talking <laughs> about hotels. And uh, here's some uh, morbid facts about people dying in hotel rooms. Um, so there's six of them. Number six is hotels are a magnet for suicides and unnatural deaths. First, for over a century, hotels have been what we guess you'd call a popular suicide destination. Well, you um, won't be killing yourself at home in front of your family. Right. Okay. Um, Dave Sillian, who has cleaned up after literally thousands of these suicides, believes hotels offer some advantages over dying at your house. Sometimes people kill themselves in hotels because they're worried nobody will find the body. Guess it makes sense. You definitely find them there. Uh, other times suicide victims just don't want to be rude and mess up their house. I mean, okay. sure. Um, of course, hotels also host plenty of guests going through a divorce or some other kind of upheaval. Uh, they seem to feature a mix of happy people on vacation and miserable people, miserable people who wish they were at home. Um, hmm. <laughs> add it all up and suicide researchers regard hotels and motels as lethal locations. People are over 19 times more likely to commit suicide in them according to one study done in King County, Washington. So I'm making a face. Also, studies point 
to every conceivable type of unnatural deaths occurring in hotels and motels, way more frequently than elsewhere. People are away from their families and support system or out of town or both. You get a higher rate of people smoking, using drugs, going through some kind of mental breakdown. Guests can be killed by everything from gun murders to even a guy with throat cancer had his throat ruptured while he was in the hotel and he bled out on the floor. So, yeah. Um, number five. This is why hotel I'm making more faces. <laughs> are always stumbling upon corpses. As <laughs> you work at the Overlook Hotel winter shift, we wouldn't assume the staffing at the front desk, including frequent brushes with death and horrific mutilation. <laughs> but apparently you, you do. Being horribly wrong. Uh, I, somebody quoted, I've had employees discover bodies in rooms where they were about to clean. I've personally worked during multiple jumpings. We even had a woman die falling down the laundry chute. Okay. Yeah. So, um, number four, hotels don't exactly want you to know about this stuff. Of course not, because you'd be making the face I'm currently making. Right. Gosh, I'm glad I've had travel trailers. I've, I've been doing this for other reasons, but I've now added my reasons. <laughs> um, so, I'm just going to skip some of these and go to one interesting fact that I found. A few years ago, the Beverly Hilton retired the room number 434 because it was the room where Whitney Houston died. And people came from all over the world demanding to sleep in the same, same bed that she died in. She didn't die in bed. She died in the tub. Yeah, but still. People are weird. Creepy. Weird. Creepy. So, number three. Ho- cheaper, cheaper hotels aren't great about cleaning up. That I already knew. Um, so... And I was just thinking of it from bed bug angle and other yeah. germs. Don't ev- take off that, that top piece they don't wash. So <laughs> hotels take your credit card. So most of the time, I'm told, they charge the credit card back. They're not too worried about the cost because they've got an open credit card and they'll just charge them. Seems like a really crappy thing to do until you realize what a difference that open credit card means for the actual cleaning. Nice. Yeah. Um, so number two, there are a couple of ways to tell if someone has died in your <coughs> room. Pay attention here, people. Knowing all of those stats about people dying in their hotels is pointless if you can't tell whether they were actually murdered in your room. We asked Cillian for what to look for if you're curious about that kind of thing. Look for mismatched carpet or anywhere the carpet seems to have been replaced. Same thing with wallpaper and blinds. Sometimes you get lucky and things are replaced because of feces, but usually it's somebody has blood on it. Nice. Other off- I mean, the pooping part isn't great either. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Other off-recommended tri- tips include searching for weird amounts of flies in the light fixtures uh. or simply never leaving the company <laughs> of your own home. Yeah, I bring my own home with me. But this is because of my allergies. I actually have a problem staying in hotels because they're never going to keep the bedding yeah. clean enough or have the right um, yeah. mattress. But here's more reasons yeah and uh basically um even sometimes the police don't know that there's been a crime committed in the hotel room just just know that that you you might find blood or something and nobody knows why it's there 
And the number one reason, and um, this is a little crude, but um, sometimes a guy will up and chop off his penis. Lorena Bobbitt, they got nothing on you. <laughs> Um, a pretty big hotel called about a guy who told the front desk that Satan was telling him to cut his penis off. Eventually, this sent someone up, and what do you know, he'd actually done it. But he did it perfectly, unlike one guy he worked with who tried to hack off his penis with car keys. Mm. Uh, at least this guy used a pretty sharp blade, but it was still... Like, someone filled a squirt gun full of blood and shot it all over the room. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, I think we're um, done. That's yeah. enough of that one. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, they're, they're pretty crude with the way they describe that one. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. It's, I'm just... It's, mm. Wow. <laughs> uh, I don't anyhow. think I'm ever staying in a hotel again, by well, the way. Well, I mean... I stay every once in a while because I kind of sort of have to, like, if I go with work. But, mm -hmm. I mean, th there's long been discussions about how clean a motel or hotel room is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure that many different uh, news organizations have covered what you shouldn't and should do to ensure that you have the cleanest stay you possibly can. Yes. So and go look that stuff up. Yeah. And prepare yourself. <laughs> Um, well, uh, I talked, uh, well, chatted with Grace last night. Um, I had just asked for a couple of, uh, additional details because, again, we, we have always tried to be more about who is this victim as a person. Um, and Grace was just like, I really just wish I could get the DNA ran. It's so frustrating. My mom will be 77 in February, and I just wish I could do more for her closure. Um, I have obviously told her we'd push the change.com petition. I just, I, if there's nothing else that we're able to do, mm -hmm. if we are able to help get the DNA ran, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, the petition, petition definitely has its peaks and valleys, valleys, but I keep reminding myself slow and steady. That was grace. Plus I know Parabon keeps contacting the police department in Chester pleading for the DNA, DNA. So the the, the actual organization that wants to view the DNA has been reaching out to Chester police and isn't getting any traction. Wow. So it's going to take the governor, right. I think. She started the petition because John Bonet's father did one in Colorado. And she read an update that they won't run the DNA from John Bonet. Apparently the sample is so small, they said mm -hmm. it would corrupt it. So it's interesting to me to see a very public murder that poor girl on Christmas is also getting hit with the red tape. Mm -hmm. um, she's thought about writing to the governments. They need to delegate funding for this and incorporate an incentive program to solve cases. Yeah. Um, we see this with rapes. Uh, I mean, how many rape kits are out there that haven't been run? Way too many. It's um, one of the issues I think we run into in our very capitalistic society is that everything costs money. And if you don't have money mm -hmm. or some form of ability to pressure people through status and even those with some status can't get things done um but right. anyhow it's just uh if you have more any information if you're from chester or you know anything about chester or you know people who can break through that wall if you will apparently this guy is known to others or at least mm -hmm. that seems to be what people believe 
there's DNA. Right. Come on. Uh, the Chester Police Department's number is 610-447-7931. Pennsylvania Crime Stoppers is 1-800-472-8477. Crime Stoppers Online, www.crimewatchpa.com slash Crime Stoppers. You can email justiceforjoy2022 at gmail.com. You can call the Delaware County District Attorney's Office at 610-891-4811. There's we us. Are, <laughs> yeah, reach out to us. You can, um, again, sign the petition, please. Please. We really, if we can do nothing else but at least help her Highlight get, her case and get yeah. um, some something going. That's mm-hmm. That's my hope in all of this. Right. Grace has been amazingly gracious, and she has pushed. Go to her Facebook page. So many beautiful pictures of her as yes. a little, as Joy as a little girl. Apparently, she didn't want to go see the Smurfs like I would have <laughs> wanted to. She looked rather uh, put off by this giant Smurf, but anyhow, there's just lots yeah. of pictures. She was a very pretty lady who is only 28 years old at the time of her passing, and she had many more years to give. Mm-hmm. Again, thank you to Grace. We we do appreciate you providing us all this information, and we hope we can help you yeah. in any way. And I don't know why you can't fill a cu- an episode with this, but what do right. I know? I'm just some schmuck. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I know we're small. We don't we don't have the big supporters that some people have, but you know, I think you and I both love doing this we really want to if we can help in some way help and you know i i'm never gonna turn down a case unless it's something like like i explained the one where it's just like it's been ruled a suicide there's there's no information that i can get to yeah we have run with a couple that had very were pretty light on the details yeah. obviously the last one we did was pretty light on the details mm-hmm. the one in alabama where the was it the uncle the mother and the two kids were killed that was in arkansas yep. arkansas yep that um, one. yeah arkansas alabama <sighs> they start with an <laughs> a and they're in the south um but yeah the and and we actually had people come back to us. Hey, there wasn't a lot in that episode. Why'd you roll with it? It's like, right. well, if nothing else, if we can get more information out there. Because they did actually get that person. Right. But there's, I mean, the the community has no closure. Right. They're still concerned about it. And that, that does bring up some discussion about who um, needs more closure. The Obviously the family. Mm-hmm. But... Um, understanding the why what is the psychopathy what's going on with these people that they murder Mm -hmm. and um why these people these innocent people right i mean yeah Yeah. anyhow well as always thank you for listening to nothing happens in a small town where things do happen and small towns are not the quite quaint places you think they are no actually they appear to have some pretty sordid histories going on here. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, So if you'd like to help us, uh, obviously money does make the world go round. So anything, if you want to become a Patreon, uh, that can help us do a little bit more, maybe get a little more for research, what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, we, we're going to keep doing it regardless, regardless, but you know, and we are going to try in the next year to maybe get some swag, do yeah. something, you know, I know so some that, people who make shirts. Yeah. I've been meaning to reach out to them about another shirt situation. But you know, we, <laughs> if you become a Patreon, we will definitely find some way to repay you with, you know, something cool right we have our notes uh and what have you to start with and then from there we'll plan to put together some more packages yeah um so you can always find us on instagram at nothing happens in In a a small small town Town. our twitter username profile is nothing Nothing happens in a small town in h-i-a-s-t our Facebook page is Nothing, Nothing Happens in a Small Town and H-I-A-S-T 2021. And our Gmail is Nothing Happens in a Small Town at gmail.com. Here's hoping y'all have something to help this one out. Yeah. And uh, happy holidays. And because I think we're going to be. Yeah. We're going to be off at least for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. We will uh, let you know when our next episode is going to be. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Thank you guys. all. <laughs> Bye.